Welcome to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast, where we are going to overcome our fears, doubts, and insecurities. I'm your host, Felicia Wallace, and I would like for you to join me on my journey to slaying my own self-doubt, and hopefully you slaying some of yours as well. Let's get started. Hey guys, what's going on? I missed you guys last week. I was having a bit of a moment and I really did not want to record last week in the mind space that I was in. So I thought that it was best for me if I just took a break, kind of regrouped and kind of got myself together because starting this podcast, I definitely knew that I wanted to be kind of my genuine self. Um, also there's some things that for me are like a pet peeve of mine and I just felt like I didn't want to just do it just to do it Um, and so I felt like that wouldn't be genuine so I didn't Um, I did however take some time to really just reflect and kind of figure out what was going on with me I think um, the week before last I told you all I was feeling really blah and um, it was it kind of just trickled over um I listened to quite a few podcasts quite a few messages different things and even though I've realized you know two weeks ago that I was kind of in this mood of like anxiety and anxiousness I've realized that it was lingering a little bit longer than it should have and what I wanted to talk about today is like what do we do in those moments we all know that in the black community that mental health is definitely something that is so taboo people think you could just pray it away drink it away sex it away something away anything away except for deal with it right and for me I have because my background is in healthcare. I see a lot of different consequences of people not dealing with it Um, we see it in the media all the time with people who have thousands of millions of dollars who still take their lives because they're not happy we see people who are you know self-medicating without dealing with the issues that they actually have everybody deals with things differently and to me I feel like that people assume that in order for you to have like some kind of mental health situation that you had to have had some you know god-awful traumatic experience as a child or a traumatic experience as a young adult and sometimes that's not true at all for me I've shared multiple times on here that I suffer from anxiety and I think that we kind of narrow it down to be like oh you're just nervous about a certain something or whatever or you're nervous about such and such and then of course there's different forms of it you know some people uh, have anxiety and anxiousness to the point that they need medication I'm not at that place but it does affect me so one of the questions which was interesting earlier this week I was talking to my small group and we had a conversation and a com- the, one of the questions that came up was how does worry affect you and it kind of hit home for me at that moment because I realized that that's the state that I was in I was in a worry anxious anxiety state about multiple things I had to really think about the question and decide like okay what where am I in this and what do I know for sure I think it's something definitely that we all should talk about a whole whole lot more so I'm just going to tell you how I know for me at this point that worry affects me for me it's physical 
the last two weeks is exactly where I was with worry. I was sleepy. I didn't have any energy. I felt very blah. I was eating, but not really probably the way I should have been. Even when I was taking like vitamins or drinking coffee, I still was just out of sorts, out of whack. I did not have any energy for anything. I just wanted to lay in the bed and sleep when certain things would happen. And I felt like that, okay, I have enough energy to do it. Like I felt like I was pushing through without just being like, I don't feel like it. Right. And I think that sometimes we, we push through so much and we put on this mask, especially for women and moms. And not to say that, cause I can hit my husband in the background, like, in my head like men too but I definitely believe for women we put on this mask when we're going through stuff because we still have to remain strong we still have to remain put together we still got to go to work we still got to take care of the kids we still have to you know take care of our husbands when we're out of sorts everything else is out of sorts right and so if everybody else can't get it together, like if you can't get it together, everybody else can't get it together either, right? And it's a trickling effect because when I was kind of in my mood, I didn't really realize that it was affecting my relationship with my husband. It was re- affecting the relationship with my children because I didn't really feel like being bothered. But you can't come home and tell your family, like, I don't feel like being bothered, right? Like, it sounds mean. That sometimes that's exactly what you need. And sometimes you don't really need to be alone. You just, I don't know, you just kind of need to process. And so for me, I kind of go up and down when I'm like worrying and I have stuff on my mind. Sometimes for me, when it gets really, really bad and I'm really stressed out about stuff, if I do not get it out, I internalize it. And if it's something that I feel like I have to keep to myself and I have to, not that I necessarily have to keep it to myself, but I just don't feel like sharing with anybody because either I don't, you know, maybe nobody wants to hear what I have to say or I just, whatever it is I'm going through, I may personally feel like I can do this on my own. I really don't need any additional help. And so I've had moments in my life where I did that and it affected me physically in the way of that's how I had Bill's palsy. At first had it, I wasn't really sure exactly like where it came from. It's kind of random. But the second and the third times was during very stressful events in my life. And I didn't realize that I, because I kept it inside, I wasn't saying how I was feeling. It one side of my face got paralyzed and it continues to be that way. And for a very, very long time. I felt like God was cursing me for some reason about it and was like, this was going to be like my everyday reminder of all the not so great things I've done or how many times I've been a jerk to people or, you know, you know, I, everybody's had their trifling stage. I've been trifling, you know, so I'm just like, okay, you just going to keep looking like this. And then, you know, as I got older, I started to realize that maybe the Bell's palsy was for me just a reminder of, well, now at this point, I'm at the point where I've realized that the Bell's palsy is a reminder of what I cannot do anymore. I cannot internalize my anxiety. I cannot keep it to myself. I have to find a way to have an outlet, whether it is verbally saying what's wrong with me, whether it's exercising, whether it's uh, talking to, you know, somebody within my tribe talking to my husband even if you have to talk to a therapist or a coach or somebody to kind of get all of the thoughts out because we tend to 
keep everything inside of our heads and try to think, figure out, figure it out ourselves so that the perception is that, that there's nothing wrong with us. When in reality, it's something wrong with every single one of us. If I could tell you how many posts I've probably read over the last couple of weeks about people saying like, check on your strong friend, check on your funny friend, check on your quiet friend check on all your friends it don't matter what they are or who they are their their personalities check on all your friends you know like I think that we get so wrapped up in our own lives we get so wrapped up in social media we get wrapped up in things that aren't real that sometimes that we could we forget that the people that we're judging or the people that we're you know um considering role models or we look up to are human too and we all go through stuff I know that every woman that I have come in contact with over the course of let's just say my career has at one time or another come to me about something that they don't feel particularly good about themselves and so that they have this insecurity they have this doubt they have this um, anxiety about what are people going to think what is somebody going to think about this what is somebody going to think about that and a lot of times you know people be like well, I don't care you know that. yes you do everybody cares you care about what other people think you care about how it makes you feel you may not want to feel that way but it matters and so for me I realized that I needed to kind of snap out of it, right? And so some of the ways that, I don't want to say snap out of it because it really isn't that quick because clearly it was like two weeks, right? Um, Because I didn't snap out of it. Even when I talked to you all about how I was feeling a week ago, a week and a half or two weeks ago, I still was in the middle of it. Like I was pushing myself through, but I really just wasn't at the point where I was just like, you know, kind of get over it. So what I've had to do is I've had to pray a lot. I've had to listen to a lot of, you know, trap music. I've had to listen to a lot of gospel and Christian music. I've listened to some R&B. I've listened because Mary J is my girl. So, you know, some Mary J got a song for every feeling that you have. I just want you to know that. Okay. So when I need like a, a I'm fine. Like that's what I'm listening to. I need something peppy. I'm going to dance the way she dance. I'm going to get down. And I feel better, right? Sometimes you just have to dance it out. So I really wanted to like come on here and talk uh, talk about it because I think that one of the things that is that should be said is that it's okay to be sad. It's okay for things not to be going right in your life. It's okay that what you want didn't work out. It's okay that that relationship didn't work out. It's okay that you don't feel like being bothered. Like, you have to, we have to know our truth, own our emotions and deal with it. Nobody should make you feel like you shouldn't feel the way that you feel. I am a firm believer in whatever you feel like doing at that moment, do that. I feel suckful. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel good. I feel suckful. Like I'm sad. I'm in a mood. I'm upset. I'm mad. I'm whatever. And let me go through it. Like when you have people around you, just try. what I love is that I have the support around me, fortunately, of people who understand that and they get it. And when you're not in a good mood, they don't try like, girl, get out of it. Go, go do this. You know, I hear that so many times. I was telling my husband that sometimes I, you know, growing up, not like in my family, but just like over the course of like hearing other people's conversations or whatever. Um, I've heard people like, oh, you know, she, something wrong with her. She need a man. No, 
she don't need a man. Maybe she's just not happy with herself. How how about she be happy with herself first? Why she need a man to make her happy? Because that's not going to work. Because guess what? She's going to have a man and she's still going to be mad. Like, <laughs> that doesn't fix it. You know, then you have people who really believe, like, child, all they need is Jesus. They just need to pray it away and, and it'll go away. I agree. You do need Jesus. And you pray is very important. However, you need Jesus and a therapist. You may need Jesus and a, a coach. You may need Jesus and medication. You can you can have one and also have the other. I really part of the reason why this is so important to me is because I have young boys now and I'm watching their their preteens and I'm watching them grow and I'm watching them go through their emotional state. If people say the girls are moody, let me tell you something. Boys are moody too and I don't know. They may be more moody than girls, but I got some moody, moody kids, right? <laughs> like, and so on, some of it was that I had to realize, like, I need to talk to them. Like, what's wrong? You know, and like having a conversation with um, my kids. One of my sons, he has anxiety issues. I know that because I, the things that are in him that I see that I'd be like, come on, like, get it together. Those are the things that in me, it's it's me like it's a reflection of me so that I know when I see it I'm like he's not in a good good headspace right now let me sit down and talk to him ask him what's going on let's talk it through and sometimes he'll be like I'm fine I just I'm tired or whatever have you and other times he'll tell me like I'm nervous about x y and z you know he's about to be promoted to they call it promotions now I guess you don't graduate from fifth to sixth grade you get promoted so he's being promoted to middle school so we are having this discussion about whether or not he's going to go to the same school or go to a different school he knows for me that academically that is I am like your education is important I want what's best for you academically I could care less about your friends you you gonna you gonna find friends eventually I don't care about that right also you know socially I want him to be well-rounded like I want my kids to be well-rounded um however you know when you're deciding certain things the schools that your kids go to because they don't tell you about this when you have babies like they all cute and stuff but when it comes time to have to pick a school they need to go to high school middle school college like it is stressful just I'm not even at the high school stage I've seen my cousins go through the high school stage and I'm like I don't want that like (laughs) I'm okay right here can they just stay right but I get it like you you have to go through those uh processes and so in talking to him initially because I know that he's somebody that I can't just bring something on we have to like have a conversation hey what do you think about this what do you think about that in the very beginning when we talked about it he was very much like what about my friends what about this and again I would tell him I mean, you'll find new friends, maybe, but it's just a possibility. I'm not not saying that yes, for sure, but we just want to throw it out there, right? And so over the course of the fifth grade school year, I've, you know, brought it up a couple of different times, asked him what he thought, you know, it's kind of wavered here and there. But recently, I asked him, you know, so, hey, what do you, he mentioned something about middle school, and I was like, well, I don't know. He was like, well, I might go to the other school, right? I was like, I don't know, we'll see, you know, how do you feel about it? And he was like, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm gonna just put it in God's hands. Well, when I tell you I almost hit the floor, like, oh, oh, okay. Is that what we doing? We just gonna put this in God in God's hands. And when I say he walked off, like Slane walked off on me, like, eh, I'm okay, I'm gonna just put it in God's hands. And went on about his business. I was like, Oh, it's just that easy, huh? I'm thinking to myself, I taught you well. However, 
your mother over here, stomach in knots, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Is it going to be the right decision? Should I not do this? Should I do that? And I was just like, oh, you know what? Let me take a lesson from the kid. Let me just put it in God's hands as well as do my research, right? So it's twofold. Yes, I'm going to put it in God's hands, but I still have to do my part. I still have to make sure I'm making the right decision, you know? And I just think that watching that growth in him let me know that, these are important conversations. These are important things to teach our kids to be able to be able to work through their anxiety, work through their issues, work through whatever it is that's going on, having conversations. They're conversations that I didn't necessarily have with my parents. I don't know if I was an anxious kid. I know I'm an anxious adult. You know, like, and again, nothing traumatic happened in my life, thank God, you know, that made me have anxiety or to be anxious but it it just happens to be the way that I'm wired I'm okay with that I'm becoming more okay with it I'm instead of me trying to downplay it like that's not it I'm saying it like I have anxiety I don't need medication for it however I suffer from anxiety do I have bouts of depression yes over the course of my life I have had bouts of depression some rightfully so some maybe not so much maybe it's just the anxiety moved into the depression but I know that for me I can't stay there you know I've said this more than one time is that you can have these moments you can you can be grieved, do whatever it is you need to do, but keep it moving. And I think that for me, that's what I had to tell myself. Okay, you're nervous about this next step. You're nervous about what's happening. And that's okay. You're supposed to be nervous because A, that means that you don't want to fail. And it means that you are going to make every effort to try to make sure that this next season is amazing, right? Correct. This is me talking to me. And so with that, it's going to come some anxiety because I don't know. I don't know what's on the other side of this. And I'm going to be anxious and it's okay. And that's it. It really is. It's okay. It's okay to be in a mood. It's okay to not feel good. But you have to communicate, right? And so what I noticed is that maybe like the first week, I wasn't really communicating with my husband and I I wasn't feeling very good, which affects, you know, lots of things, conversation, you know, your mood, your aura, all of that stuff. And eventually I got to the point where I just said, I'm I'm having an anxiety moment, right? Not in a panic attack where you're like, oh my God, I've had those too. Oh man, I have had those where I'm just like, my heart is coming out of my chest, but sometimes it's very subtle. And for me right now, where I am, I still have this under underlying anxiety, like can feel it, but I'm, I'm just like, but we got to keep moving. You can't stay there, boo. You got to keep going. So let's do this. Let's address it. Let's talk about it. And whatever it is that I'm anxious about, I'm going to talk about, right? It was the school situation that was making me nervous. Well, now I talk to my son and my son is cool. Whatever decision, you know, we make it as his parents and he's also left it in God's hands. Boop. That's done. You know, now the anxiety of leaving my job, which is in less than 30 days. Sorry. I'm super excited. And it's excitement. Like that's an anxious excitement, right? It's not even bad anxiety. It's good. But, you know, either way, it's still something that I know that I have to address, deal with, and keep going. So, you know, I just want you all to know that you're not alone. 
This is a part of the journey. This is what I signed up for is to tell you all the truth and to be transparent about where I am. And it's okay. It's okay to be wherever you are as long as you're not where you were yesterday. And so we're moving forward. We're going one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I was watching Station 19. I finally got caught up on all my shows. And on um, one of the episodes, Warren says, one bleeder at a time. When you go into an OR and somebody's bleeding from everywhere, you can't do it all at once. One bleeder at a time. And I said, man, I'm going to keep saying that. So that's what I'm telling myself one bleeder at a time that's all we can worry about we cannot fix it all in a day it's not gonna happen and some stuff is just completely out of our control ain't no need for us to worry about anyway so don't worry one bleeder at a time you're not alone we're doing this together and um i'll see you guys next week okay guys that's all for this week thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe share and comment on itunes google play and spotify have a great week see ya